Money can't buy happiness But it can buy me a boat It can buy me a truck to pull it It can buy me a Yeti 110 ice down with some silver bullets Yeah, and I know what they say Money can't buy everything Well, maybe so But it can buy me a boat Welcome to another episode of The Boat Boss, where we sit down each week and we talk about living, working, and playing on the water with some of the most amazing, exciting people around the globe. My name is Kim Swears. I'm the host of Boat Boss. When I'm not on the show, I'm one of the managing partners of FB Marine Group, one of America's top 100 dealerships located right here in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Well, today we are off the water and shooting at City Hall with the mayor of Fort Lauderdale, Dean Trentellis. Welcome to the Boat Boss. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Well, as you know, you know, you've been in Fort Lauderdale for many decades and Fort Lauderdale is home to us and it's one of the most exciting places in the world. One that is known for living, working and playing, right? Absolutely. To the fullest. <laughs> well, for those of you that don't know about Fort Lauderdale, which is hard to believe, <clears throat> we're going to run a quick 60 second video, a little sizzle reel about what Fort Lauderdale is all about. So we'll film. <laughs> Isn't that an awesome video? It's great. It doesn't even begin to tell the story of Fort Lauderdale. That's true. It's just a little uh, icing on the cake about Fort Lauderdale, but Fort Lauderdale is so much more. It's been voted one of the best cities of uh, to live, work, play, and visit, correct? Absolutely. And it's been voted on the top 10 in so many different categories. But more importantly, it's a it's a great place. It's, it's fun. It's safe. And uh, we welcome everybody from all corners of the earth to come to our city. Well, we welcomed you, what, 30 years ago when you moved here? 39 years ago. 39 years yes. ago. So where's I was home? in my crib. <laughs> <laughs> so where's home for you before? Uh, Connecticut. I, I moved Connecticut. here from Connecticut, yeah. Nice. And you went to what I school? I went to Boston University. Boston University. For my undergrad. And then I came down here to Stetson University to go to law school. Very nice. Yeah. Do you know the Boston University mascot? Yes, the Terriers. And what's his name? <laughs> I don't His name is Rhett, and he just passed away. Oh my God! Yeah, so I have a Boston Terrier too. So we do have a lot in oh, common. Yeah. Yep. So what do you do for fun when you're not working 80, 90 hours a week? <laughs> Honestly, and I know people think they laugh when I say this, but I'm, I enjoy being there. I enjoy the, the the opportunities it gives me. I enjoy the the uh, the, the areas we're exploring to make this a better community. Uh, and of course, I go out with friends and and do things from time to time. Although during the COVID era. That's been sort of, uh, you know, yes. uh, curtailed. But the reality is that being mayor is a full-time job. It's a, and it's a, it's a lifestyle. 
and anyone in public office will tell you that. So, um, so you weren't always in public office. You obviously had, uh, you came to Fort Lauderdale and you're an attorney. Right. So tell us how the progression went from uh, your own practice, correct? Right. So when I first moved down here, I decided, because um, I was involved in politics when I was back in Connecticut and all the places where I've ever lived. So when I came here, I decided I'm not going to be involved in anything anymore. I'm just going to enjoy it. I'm going to see what Fort Lauderdale is about. Maybe I'll stay here. Maybe I won't. Uh, and uh, I needed to get out of the Northeast for a little bit. <clears throat> but when coming here, I realized what a great place it was, what a great opportunity it was. Mm -hmm. And as a young person, to yes. start a career yes. and to you know build a family and find friends, it was everyone was fun, new, it was exciting. And to this day, it stays that way. So, awesome. so, you know, for anybody to want to come to Fort Lauderdale, yeah. there's always opportunity for them. There is always opportunity for you. So you were in the private sector. <clears throat> and then what point did you say to yourself, I want to be, I want to be a commissioner and then, <laughs> and then, and then now a mayor. So, so what, was there a person that actually motivated you or your mentor as a, as a politician? Well, it, what happened was after, after I was here for about eight or 10 years, uh, there, there were a lot of, um, there's a lot of activity in the political world in the equal rights movement for the LGBT community. We started to see uh, efforts uh, coming together to try to promote equality amongst the, those who are gay and lesbian. And uh, a friend of mine back then, his name was Alan Turrell, who uh, has since passed away. He kind of mentored me and encouraged me to become more and more involved. And uh, um, and and he was the person that you know say he'd tell me to show up for this meeting and make sure I come there and. And you should get up and speak, and and all of that. And uh, and over time, I became much more involved, and it was personal, of course. And so, um, in 1995, we we were able to get our equal rights ordinance passed in Broward County, and then uh, um, uh, uh, domestic partnership in uh, 1999. But then in 2002. Um, there was an open seat in the city of Fort Lauderdale and the city commission. Mm -hmm. And I felt it was time. I know other people who were in my community tried to uh, win that seat, but it just, the community wasn't ready. So, um, and I felt the community was ready in 2002. So in 2003, the election, and I was able to win. There were seven people in the race. And uh, wow. it was a milestone for our city. It was, a, it was a great milestone for our community. And 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 it really was a watershed year for a lot of things. It, mm -hmm. it showed how Fort Lauderdale embraced diversity. It showed how Absolutely. Fort Lauderdale welcomed people from all walks of life. Yes. And uh, and was almost a reward in some cases to, to, to acknowledge the fact that the LGBT community really invested in Fort Lauderdale. And this was an opportunity to express their appreciation for it. Well, you know, I think any any um, political you know, um, situation or, or, or city or county state should have diversification on you know, represented. And so it's really good to see that, you know, people ask me all the time, what, what is the one word that you use to describe South Florida? And I say it's diversity. It's diversity, especially Fort Lauderdale. Uh, we have a uh, many different uh, um, cultures and peoples and and uh, age groups, and it, it's just uh, it's great. Even our city commission is right now. Our city commission is the most diverse commission we've ever had in the city. Right. So Love it's it. great. Uh, we don't that. always agree, but we all yeah. know that we represent a point of view that we all must respect. Well, you're definitely the people's mayor. Obviously, oh, we you. see it. We had two back-to-back -back landslide victories. Um, more voter turnout ever uh, voting for you and getting you back into office. So congratulations. Well, thank on you that. so much. Thank you. Let's switch to politics. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's talk COVID. 
I know you've, uh, you've done so many great things in, in your tenure here as, as commissioner and now uh, two-term mayor. What were some of the, let's go with the, the good first. Let's go with what, some of the best things that you've done as, as a politician. Well, the great thing that we've been able to accomplish is trying to get the city back on its feet. Um, I feel that uh, with, with this new commission, when it took office in 2018, we were able to pull together uh, some initiatives that were just sort of languishing on the shelf. As well as, in, as well as opportunities that kind of fell into our lap and we just seized the opportunity. For example, the Inter-Miami Beckham uh, soccer stadium. Right, uh, yes. We immediately jumped on that. There was no hesitation. There was no politics involved there. Everyone saw the opportunity and the success that that would bring to our city. Mm -hmm. And also moving forward with the Aquatic Center, being yes. able to finally see a, once again Fort Lauderdale being the premier international venue for you know, for for diving and swimming competitions. This is what Fort Lauderdale is all about. We breed champions here. We breed champions, exactly. <laughs> And it will continue. Now we're working with the Panther organization. They're going to bring ice hockey to Fort Lauderdale with with a, with two new rinks, one for practice and one for one for the community, all to to make Fort Lauderdale and continue to make Fort Lauderdale that family friendly kind of a, uh, environment for people to really really enjoy what we have to offer. Well, you definitely have that live and work and play right, balance. Right. You know, you you have that all in South Florida. Let's talk about COVID. I, I remember. The day was March 13th when, I, when you as our mayor spoke to your people, the city, and the world actually, and you announced I think 30 people had COVID in, in our city. And then 11 days later, on the 24th, you announced a 300, 300 people and quite it, a bit it of was, increase. It was, it, it was really a scary moment. Yeah. Uh, people were dying and uh, we had never experienced, no one was mm -hmm. experiencing this before. And you don't, when you sign up as mayor, people don't say, you know, what's your experience in pandemics? You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, it, was, it really, it really ambushed us. Uh, all politicians were concerned. So that's why on March 15th, mm -hmm. um, I partnered with uh, Mayor Gelber in Miami Beach and we decided to close our beaches down because we didn't know what to expect. Mm -hmm. The federal government wasn't, was giving very mixed signals. Yeah. Uh, the state didn't, wasn't sure what to do. No one was sure what to do. So. Mm -hmm. But we did know one thing, that the safety of our people was important. The safety of our visitors, as well as the community folks, were uh, was most important. So we decided to shut our beaches down to avoid the, the close contact of individuals. And we certainly don't want them bringing back the disease to their Absolutely. hometown, right? Yes. Yes. So, uh, so and I even got a call from the governor a few days later thanking me for doing it, yeah. realizing that that was the important step to take. So we and I do have to commend both you and DeSantis for um, crossing lines and working together. I have to say, well, well done. Hats off to you guys. Well, thank you. It, it's uh, it's it really party affiliation had nothing mm -hmm. to do with this, and and I appreciate the governor and his staff uh, for for helping us out. First of all, getting test sites here, mm -hmm. and now getting vaccination sites here in our city. <clears throat> People are so thankful, and uh, and so being able to work together is really really important. Let's talk about the sweeps. Uh, you you were present when, when sweeps were being done to ensure firsthand that people were, you know, um, doing the PPP um, in their restaurants and their businesses. It was an exciting time and you actually found a lot of people and a lot of businesses were adhering to it. Right. Uh, the good thing about Fort Lauderdale is that for the most part, people stuck to the rules. People were uh, eager to to get rid of this disease. Mm -hmm. I mean, there were some outliers, there were some restaurants and some bars that just were, you know, were slow to to catch on. 
Um, and of course, a couple of bars made national news, and you know, it was just it was it was a cheesy moments for the national yeah. news to just pick on us. But the reality is, and one of the reasons why we have such a low infection rate in Fort Lauderdale is because you can't go into a store, you can't go into mm -hmm. a drugstore, you can't yes. go anywhere without wearing a mask. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, and I appreciate having you know being over sixty five, I was able to get my, my shots and. Uh, um, and, and I think it's important for all of us to understand how personal responsibility was really, really key here in, mm -hmm. in protecting yourself as well as others. You know, like I said, there are always some people who are trying to be, you know, rebels. Of course. But, uh, but uh, for the most part, our community really pitched in to make mm -hmm. this a, a success. So then you, then you gathered some of the top business leaders to create the Blue Ribbon uh, Work Group. Right. And to open up, this, so reopen. I know, right? Yeah. You, so you reopened the city yeah. with a bunch of um, advisors that you're, you know, very. We pulled together uh, business leaders, uh, members of the faith community, uh, uh, members of the education area uh, community. We tried to pull people from all sectors of, the, of uh, our city and say, "Hey, what are best practices going forward?" And uh, and everyone had had opinions. We tried to bring those opinions together and, and distill what would be best practices. And in the end, um, we really I think uh, came with a with a, a plan that I think uh, made a lot of sense for everybody. Uh, we're still very eager to maintain enforcement. We still are very aggressive on enforcement. Uh, we have spring break coming up. Yes, now. we do. We do. So I tell people. You know, don't come down here thinking it's going to be, you know, uh, you know, it's going to be a reckless, you know, <laughs> uh, and, and you're endangering yourself and others. There you are know, rules we're gonna, to be we rules here. Yeah. We want you here. We yeah. want you to have fun here. We want you to enjoy yourself here. Mm -hmm. But we don't want you to take home something other than just a souvenir. I agree. No diseases, no, nothing. That's right? Great. We want good memories. And the reality is, I think people are coming down here with that expectation. Yeah. Well, those policies and procedures you just spoke of were also key when you decided to move forward with the Fort Lauderdale International Boat Show. Right. Uh, you obviously was in Forma, the city, the county, um, Marine Industries Association of South Florida that owns the show. That was a great collaboration, and you pulled it off. Well, thank you. And, and it took the collaboration to make it a success. Uh, we had a lot of people who were fighting back against us. Yeah. Uh, saying, you know, we were doing all the wrong things, even the county was very skeptical about our, our decision. But the reality is, it was a success. It showed that we could coexist with the disease and still be safe mm -hmm. and still move forward. Because as a, as a public official, we had not only to maintain the safety of lives, but also livelihoods. And if we didn't try to make that balance, we were not, we, it's easy to just say, let's close everything down and let's all, you know, shutter up into our homes and, and pray that the disease goes away. Well, we did that spring break and the disease, the disease did, it doesn't go away. No. It's still here. So we have to figure a way to keep ourselves safe and at the same time, try to bring the economy back because people were getting government checks, but people don't want to live on government. You know, mm -hmm. they, do, they want to be able to get back on their feet, earn a living, and to be able to put food on the table and pay their rent. Absolutely. And right? the boat show plays a big part of that. And it did. It, it was actually the second boat show since the pandemic. We had the Genoa show first, and then you actually moved forward with the Fort Lauderdale show. And it was a, it was a big success. A lot of the manufacturers sold 
good boats, good. a lot of boats. Intrepid sold 17. Contender, I think, sold you know just as much. And Viking, the list goes really? on and on. Good. Good so Rainmax did real well with Boston Weather. Can't even tell you that we're and those very are, close. And those, are, and those sales meant jobs. Yes, you know, absolutely. It, 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 those people, you know, many people said, oh, it's just a playground for the rich. Well, thousands of jobs were connected to that boat show. Absolutely. And we were able to maintain those people uh, working and being able to, to continue uh, providing for their, themselves and their families, and that was the goal. Yeah. Well, I hope that you know there are certain parts of the PPP practices that you incorporated remain. I think it was a much better show, it was a cleaner show. People were more aware, socially right. distanced, and, and just having the sanitization and the temperature check. Well, mm -hmm. well, well done. Hats off to you guys. So they're talking about, is this going to be our practice in 2022 and 2023? So. You know, we're not a mask society. You know, right. in Asia, you go, if you ever travel to China and Japan, it's an everyday occurrence where you see people wearing masks years ago. So yeah. we always used to mock that. Mm -hmm. But they were, they were doing the right <laughs> thing, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, hopefully some of it will stick and we'll be a cleaner, healthier I think so. city as a result. Right, so Renee Quinn, who we both know very yes. well, she reached out to me. She goes, I have a question for the mayor. Okay. So she wants to talk about the future, and uh, the future involves Elon Musk and uh, a partnership, we hope, uh, with tunnels underground to help right. with, and underwater to help with traffic. What are your thoughts on that? Well, and, thanks, and thanks, Renee, for that great question. Okay, so, so here's the photo. Here's the photo. Um, so this past week, we were in, um, we went to Las Vegas and we went to Los Angeles. And the reason why we did that was to meet up with the Boring Company, which is a company Elon Musk owns, mm -hmm. uh, which is now beginning to get into the business of building uh, underground tunnels for the purpose of uh, transportation uh, enhancement. What does that mean? If you build tunnels, you eliminate uh, all the street traffic. And, and that's to the left. That was. To, the, if yes. you can put that, that photo the right left. there. That was their, that was their, uh, their, that's the test tunnel that they have in Las Vegas. And it's going to be. Um, I think it's next week. They're going to. Uh, they're going to begin using it, uh, and it goes from their uh, from the airport to the convention center. Fantastic. And the purpose of that is to you know shuttle people up and down, back and forth from that one that particular site. But they also have a plan. It's right now. It's a one mile plan, but mm -hmm. they're going to expand it to fifteen miles wow. throughout the entire city. Create a huge loop in and around mm -hmm. the city, all underground. That's fantastic. So, like Disney-esque, if you will. Well, it's even beyond that. So, um, uh, so uh, we got we, you know, I started watching the Twitter chatter, mm -hmm. and I said, you know what, um, I for a long time have been advocating putting the, mm -hmm. the train mm -hmm. in a tunnel rather than putting it in, right. in a bridge, because mm -hmm. you know, we're trying to we're trying to build a commuter rail service between Miami and West Palm yes. Beach, and that's going to add forty trains a day. And if anyone who travels on Broward Boulevard or Sunrise or, or on the New River uh, wonders how are we going to be able to accommodate the opening and closing of those mm -hmm. those gates throughout the day, especially during rush hour. There's quite a few of them. And there are quite a few of them. I mean, it would make it would it would wreak havoc on what we have here now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I've been at so this the Florida Department of Transportation wants to build a bridge. And Apparently, lessons are never learned because if you ever look at bridges throughout the country, they always they destroy communities, they yes, divide yeah. communities, and the, and the history of Fort Lauderdale has not been a good one when it comes to mm -hmm. division mm -hmm. and keeping people on this side of the track and the other side of the track. And I wasn't going to permanently cement that division here in our community. It was a bit been a big mistake if we if we couldn't find a better solution. So I've been exploring options uh, for many, many months, trying to figure out what the best pathway to trying to build a tunnel. 
And then we started hearing that uh, the Boring Company was ready to build a tunnel. So we uh, reached we, out to him on Twitter, right? Well, yes, yeah, That's actually, an amazing story. We did, and uh, and I have to I have to uh, commend uh, Vice Mayor Mike mm -hmm. Udine mm -hmm. for uh, helping to initiate this. And the uh, and the good thing was that we were able to connect with uh, the railroad company FECI and Brightline, and uh, they're equally eager to to get That's involved fantastic. in the tunnel project. So so we all went out west this past week and uh, we all spoke with their their, their engineers, their every everybody involved in building that first tunnel right. in Las Vegas and also the, the test tunnel we visited in Hawthorne, California, which is just outside of LA. And um, uh, everyone has come back eager to move oh, forward in this motivated. Regard. Totally motivated because they see the opportunities. Mm -hmm. Not just about the train tunnel. But what about building a tunnel from the Brightline station to Los Olas down to A1A? So you can, you can come to Fort Lauderdale, park your car at the Brightline station, which is a huge parking garage, and get into a Tesla, which is how they operate this. Okay? Exactly. So there are Tesla operators, and in the future there will be, uh, be driverless vehicles. Mm -hmm. And you get to go from downtown Fort Lauderdale, park your car there, Eliminate all the traffic mm -hmm. and and find yourself at the Oceanside uh, Park that we've just built, and you're able to appreciate our beach without having to deal with all the traffic, and and it saves the communities in between the Las Olas Isles and the Coley Hammock folks, all those people that can you know that suffer under exactly. the, the burden of heavy mm -hmm. traffic. Mm -hmm. We can eliminate so much of that, and this is such an easy solution. Where our retirees will be a lot happier. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Your phone won't be calling so much. Yeah, exactly. ringing so much in the middle so of the night. So these these are just some examples of what we were what we we're able to learn. What opportunities now present to the city at a cost that is a fraction of what we were told early on when it came to building tunnels. Mm -hmm. That's the important thing. The cost is a fraction of what we were told. You know, an example. You know, people say, "Well, how can you believe this?" Well, there are examples. They've already they've already. Uh, shown how they can build the tunnels, build them for less, and do it safely and efficiently. And if there's one thing, and the reason why we went to the SpaceX uh, uh, facility is because they just wanted to show up. Of course. And I was happy. I'm so to proud of it. So they, inside their facility, which is a former um, uh, uh, Northrop Grumman uh, mm -hmm. facility, they took it over. And we saw pieces of a rocket being built. Right. Uh, that's, that again. was their first rocket yep. that you see there. But inside the building, we couldn't take pictures, but they, we saw the booster rockets. We saw the different stages. I mean, everything—the capsule, everything that was—they're going to piece together for their next launch. We got to That's see, great. and they were very excited to show us. Um, but they're definitely on the cutting edge of technology. And reason why that's important is because they have outpriced all the other traditional uh, uh, vendors and, and contractors that NASA had been dealing with all the years. NASA's out of the business now. NASA doesn't need to be sending up satellites anymore. SpaceX is doing it for well, them at a fraction of the price. Yeah, he's a genius, and yeah. I've heard great stories about him and his, the, how he sleeps, his sleep pattern. So that's oh, another really? story. Yeah, he's a great guy. <laughs> I used to own a Tesla, so I'll, I might be back. We'll yeah. see. But this is an exciting time for the city. Um, we're definitely open for business. We're open for technology. Any words of wisdom you can share with other mayors from other cities that are suffering are still, you know, trying to recover from COVID. Any words of advice? Well, I think the best advice is advice that I have followed from other mayors, and that is to just 
you know, be positive and, and keep your head up and, and again, try to find that proper balance between keeping people safe and keeping the, the economy moving forward. Yeah. We have meetings every two or three weeks with all the, uh, the, the mayors within our county, all 31 mayors, uh, that's hosted by the mayor of the county. And we, we, we talk about, we exchange ideas. Um, and while not everybody agrees on things, we at least hear what our best communication. practice is. Yeah, it is communication. Because, you know, the, the seven coastal mayors have different points of view most of the time than the than the suburban mayors. So, um, and we have different needs. We have different expectations. Uh, we're more t tourist-based. Uh, and, uh, and so we have to really... We have other considerations to keep in mind. So, so it, it works in the end, okay? Yeah. And uh, and and I really I think Fort Lauderdale. So, so you hear that the mayors? Yes. Communication is the key to success. Is the key. <laughs> and 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 understanding and being sympathetic to one another. Yeah. I think those are important mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. But you know, I get calls all the time from people in the business community, and and uh, uh, they hear the eyes and ears on the ground. Keep Absolutely. telling us what's going yeah. on. Yeah. And uh, and you yeah. are very very in tune with a lot of the business leaders and even down to the residents you're always communicating and always available we appreciate we that yeah. it's part of my life <laughs> well you better get back to life yeah. i know you're gonna be late for a meeting well as i say uh define your dreams go after them whether you live work or play on the water just get on the water because there's nothing better than a lifestyle on the water. So Dean, thanks so much. Absolutely. For those Thank of you, you who have never been to Fort Lauderdale, I challenge you to visit our great city. It's one of the best places in the world. It's my favorite place in the world. I'm sure yours too. You know, we went to visit the beaches in California. Mm -hmm. We stayed at Marina Del Rey because uh, it was right next to Hawthorne. And uh, I got a chance to go to Venice Beach and go to, they have nothing on us. They have nothing on us. <laughs> we have the most beautiful beach in the world. And it's exciting and it's available and it's within reach. and. Uh, and the water's not 40 degrees. I like uh, that. Well, no. come and visit us. Yeah, We're open we, for business. We are the best beach <laughs> in the world. All right. Well, thanks again. It's a pleasure hosting you on my show. Thank you, and, and you're a dear friend. And thanks again for all you do for us. Thank you. I appreciate right. it. Bye. Take care. Bye, everyone. See you next week.